You're listening to MarketScale Software and Electronics. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the opportunity to have a conversation with Thomas Lee, the Chief Marketing Officer for Jungle. Thomas, how are you today? I'm well. How are you, Sean? I'm doing extremely well. Thank you very much for asking. Um, do me a favor. Let's talk a little bit about your journey through uh, the world of pixels. Uh, if you would, let's start at college. I'm very interested in your journey. Absolutely. So I was at university uh, studying computer animation, and really my aspiration was to uh, to work in the film industry, uh, in, specifically in visual effects. I just always found that uh, fascinating to be able to create your own world and, um, you know, tell the story visually. Um, so you know, fast forward after my grad school, rather than joining my my dream job at ILM to work on the next Star Wars film, I ended up going to Austin, Texas to join a online game company um, doing visual effects and 3D animation, of course, but for the, the gaming industry uh, 20 some odd years ago to date myself. And, you know, here we are. I, I think when I refer to Pixels, you know, I think it's all about visualization. It's it's all about hardware and software. And then the advancement that we've seen in the past 20 years has been pretty phenomenal. And, you know, I'd like to kind of dive into what we are doing at Jumdal and what uh, we feel is going to be the next uh, stage or evolution in, in visualization, um, you know, which is, is pretty amazing. Well, let's, you know, let's start there. Let's, let's talk about where we have been and the trends that are moving forward in order to, to present this platform for the things you see in the future. So I've always thought that creating an entire world of virtual reality seems like an awful lot of, that's an awful lot of work to have to take into account every single blade of grass and every single beam of light and sunlight. And it seems like an awful lot of work, but you actually thrive on the creativity that comes with that. You know, I, I think there's there's always been a challenge to try to replicate what what we see in real life in in the games and in film and you know we're getting pretty close to photorealism i think which which is another um you know phenomenal i think uh phase of this kind of uh, visualization you know history of visualization but you know i think the challenge is always about you know how how to make it um, you know, natural, how to make it so that it doesn't, um, you know, look kind of 3D generated or, you know, look computer generated, if you will. So uh, if you've been to any of the films recently, um, you know, it's it's hard for me, even for me, who, who sort of, you know, study this and is doing for doing this for a living to be able to tell what is CG or computer generated and what what is uh, real life. So I, I think we're getting there. So that that's really um, exciting for me and to be able to um, take that into uh, both enterprise and commercial use um, and to make it so that it's, you know, very natural, right? So for example, if you look at some of the wearables that, that are coming out, 
to be able to just wear something like your your glasses or your sunglasses and to be able to sort of visualize what we see on our smartphones or even on our computer screens, but mix that with the physical world. So I think that's where I, I think that's where we're going and we're we're gonna see that in the pretty near future. Mainly you know an interesting reality. Yeah. In an interesting point there is that virtual reality is the entire environment. And it seems like you have a little bit of freedom in the the stylistic quality you take in creating that virtual environment, but it almost appears that augmented reality would be an even bigger challenge because you want to integrate with the actual real world. You want what you've created, the augmented reality part to stand out, but you also want it to seem sort of like it's part of the environment. That seems like it would be a massive challenge. I, I think it is. I think it is. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we we're seeing a lot of um, enterprise um, applications that's currently available that allow you to um, do training and that allow you to sort of interact with uh, the real world and the, and the virtual world and, you know, as an aid. So, you know, it's, it's all, all about minimalism and it's, it's all about making, making simple and then making it innate for users to use. So I think that's the challenge on the UI UX side, but um also, the other challenge is to make like like a massively multiplayer game, making everything persistent, real time. And as you might imagine, you know, having one or two players or, or users is is one factor. But imagine all the users that you have on the current um, ecosystem, and not having them sort of collide or be able to contribute in real time. I, I think that's that's the interesting challenge, and um, we we haven't seen anyone. Um, get there yet, but yeah, that that's what we're trying to tackle. You know, sort of one one pixel or one brick at a time, if you will. And you mentioned the the commercial side. Let's talk a little bit about this approach to e-commerce and how it is attempting to integrate augmented reality. You don't want it to be overbearing. You want it to be just right. How do you find that sort of Goldilocks zone? You know, I think that's something we're going to have to iterate and answer together. Meaning, uh, you know, if you look at advertising, for example, I mean, if, if you could imagine all the ads that people are trying to feed, and if you were allow all that to sort of visually uh transparent then you know it, it would be a bit of a mess wouldn't it so I, I think i think what we share and also what we display i mean that that will come um through trial and error and we're just starting to see that um in you know in 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 practice but yeah i i think it, i think it's a challenge that we'll have to tackle together really and and in doing that together tell me a little bit about Jumdle's specific approach. I mean, the things that you can tell me that, you know, aren't secret that won't get both of us in trouble. What does Jumdle see? How are you approaching your side of that partnership? So, you know, at Jumdle, we're trying to just build one of the layers of this 
kind of enormous challenge that we see ahead in I think what some people refer to as AR cloud, but um, it, it started out as simply uh, wanting to take the physical world and the virtual world and, and mix that and and connect sort of me, uh, memories and, and um, so social interaction, if you will. So, you know, it'll start with the, the private uh, consumer to consumer. Um, so it'll start as an app, if you will. But we, we see that there's a lot of um, opportunity for geolocation services, both for enterprise as well as um, individuals. So we, we want to tackle the first layer of that AR cloud, if you will. So taking the the physical world and the real world and, um, you know, starting with uh, social interaction. And then we're going to sort of tackle e-commerce as we uh, layer into the, the second phase. But, you know, I'm, I'm not at liberty to share any more than that at, the, at this point. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope to sh share more as we move forward. Now, you mentioned a very important interesting aspect of multiplayer online experience and this this move towards e-commerce and augmented reality is basically a massive multiplayer online experience it's this and you mentioned persistence there's a ridiculous amount of processing and storage that has to go into maintaining a persistent uh, world do you feel that as you mentioned the AR cloud Cloud seems to be the only logical approach to be able to manage that just a huge amount of data. Yes, I, I believe so. The, the The challenges really uh, up to this point have been, uh, you know, perhaps restrictions in the hardware and the chip speed. But moving forward, I think that the challenges will be not only the amount of data that you'll be able to access in real time um through the cloud but also it, it's it's a it's a monumental task where i think w without having uh, a consortium of developers uh, both you know at kind of you know google facebook apple microsoft that sort of level to you know little startups like ourselves jumped to to be able to kind of work together um so, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of work and like MMO games, if you, you know, if you have any uh, favorite games that you used to play, I mean, it, it, there, there, there are limitations and challenges that we will face, I think, in AR, just as we see. And um, if you, I, I think if you take some of those lessons, I think they'll, they'll be uh, very valuable, you know, whether that's uh, in commerce it with virtual currencies and or just real time concurrent uh, you know managing the 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 user level and i see a a blend but also a distinct separation between the home environment of my ar and then how i interact once i leave my home and i'm carrying the ubiquitous 
mobile device. Now, as mobile devices become stronger and stronger, that hardware side for being able to d- uh, handle AR is a, it takes a little bit of the weight off of your shoulders as from the software and the development side to know that, okay, we have a device that can handle these ideas that we're coming up with. You know, it, it it's been amazing. If if we even if we look at the the smartphones that we carry around, I mean, these are really just supercomputers in our pockets, right? And we're going to continue to see advancements um, in the the speed and the processing power. So if you if you could add that with um, wearables, I mean, so, so far we we've seen a lot of advancements in um glasses and and you know unlike what a lot of people think you know google glass is still being in use in in um enterprise um applications and you know i think we'll see a lot more advancements um from different companies that are coming out with hardware but yeah i mean it's going to be a matter of time, you know, before we sort of catch up to, uh, you know, computing power that that we need in our pockets, and we it may not be a screen that we stare at all the time, but rather um, looking through some sort of a, a lens, if you will, um, that that is a wearable device um, that will allow us to interact and not go back and forth from you know kind of the the smartphone screen and then then a real world. And imagine going to a city right and you've probably done this before where you're you're going to a new destination so you have your google maps on and you 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 know you're having to kind of visually look at your screen and the real world so you don't kind of bump into you know or, or or get run over by a car but um yeah to be able to kind of mix the the two i think will will bring a lot of interesting challenges and and opportunities as well. So you mentioned wearables. Every human being has a pair of wearables that are with them at all times. And of course, I'm referring to their eyes. Do you think we get to a point where a, a contact lens could be a form of visual augmentation? I know that's pretty far out there. So I, I'm sure it will, um, it will be a matter of time again in terms of, you know, w- what we mean by contact lens and as opposed to say, you know, glasses, but yeah, I mean, I, I could completely see that as a natural progression, you know, I, but in terms of comfort, in terms of, uh, you know, viability, I think, you know, putting something in your eye may not be, you know, sort of bulletproof for everyone. So you, you may have, you know, allergic reactions and so on. But um, taking that um, that adage, I, I think, you know, I think it's very viable in the near future to have both, um, you know, something that you could have in your eye and or, you know, uh, wear light glasses, right? Well, as someone who suffers from allergies, I have a hard enough time putting eye drops in my eyes. So I don't know that I'm going <laughs> to be at the forefront of, you know, contact lens, Mission Impossible style visual apparatus. Um, and, and speaking of Mission Impossible and going back to an earlier comment you made about thinking you were going to work on a Star Wars movie. I'm going to ask you this question. 
and you can say you can give me the honest truth nobody's listening which of the <laughs> movies if you had a chance to go back in and rework one of the movies is there a specific star wars movie that you would say oh i've got to fix this i i think they've already gone and done that to to all the uh all the episodes really but um yeah again i think i think it's about not not always about adding but sort of you know m minimizing so you know sometimes taking away or you know a lot of the i i feel that a lot of the visual effects were overdone in some of the uh prequels if you will but um yeah i mean i that's that's a fine line you that, sound like uh, a man <laughs> you, you sound like a man who is a firm believer in sometimes less is more absolutely well i have to say uh the work that you guys are doing at jumdle um i have a feeling that we're going to definitely want to see more as more today i've had an opportunity to talk with thomas lee he's the chief marketing officer for jumdle thomas thank you so much for taking the time today it's been really interesting thank you very much sean and i look forward to uh you know hearing more of your podcast and, and really enjoyed your uh, the conversation together Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.